So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha Okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Life After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 13. This week, Brittany's mom, Cindy, recounts her accident. John picks up Christiana from prison. Sarah and Michael play house. Sean grows some balls and tows Destiny's car. Lamar buys Andrea a car, and the children wonder if she'll get mad about it. Quaylen tours Branson with his suitcase and gets in a fight with Demark. And Amber and Puppy find out that Vince forged the adoption papers. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going? Uh, things are going pretty good. Uh, things are getting pretty busy. Oh, and welcome officially to the backpack. That's right. Got my second shot this week. Yep, that's exciting times. Yeah, it is exciting times. You know what else is exciting times? What happened oh, with Andrea Lamar? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so Andrea um, is Andrea and Lamar are all getting fixed up to go on a date. They say it's the, She says it's the first one in, like, forever, and Andrea is nervous because she really thinks Lamar sucks at planning dates. And they always end up getting in a fight at the end. But it turns out Lamar went big this time. He bought a Jeep for Andrea and needs Tennyson's help putting the bow on it. He says the car represents a new start for the two of them. Uh, he says he got some money coming in from like from his music. For his music's doing pretty well. Got some money coming in. And this um, is really going to, he thinks, make her happy. Tennyson, however, has a different mind and thinks she's going to get upset. Because, you know, Andrea, she's going to get upset about everything. So anyway, she comes out for the date and is really happy and surprised, surprisingly. Uh, she says it makes her feel loved and cared for and, and all that good stuff. And then they drive off um, for their date, which is, you know, an attempt to um, recreate that time they did it in the car wash. Um, <laughs> so we're off to have sex in the car, uh, in the car wash for some privacy, apparently. Or at least that's the implication. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. It was a real short kind of throwaway almost scene. Um, so, like... How surprised were you, or were you surprised at all, that Andrea didn't find a way to get upset about the car? Um, yeah, I actually am. And I think it's kind of sad, but I could kind of relate to it because I feel like my mom was like that. You know, like we were afraid to tell her anything, good news, bad news, because we we knew she had a knack for twisting good news into like something she would be upset about, you know? So you just never know what you're going to get with my mom and Andrea. And that must be incredibly exhausting. It's like you're constantly anxious and nervous about things. And I definitely feel like that has made me like more of an anxious adult. So sure. I worry about her kids because it's like they're constantly living in fear of upsetting their caretaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's... It... <sighs> It is incredibly. It's like you're 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 never on solid ground, right? And that's yeah. always that's always an important thing is to feel like you know, you can at least know and predict how things are going to go. And they're they're to the point right, where like right. they can't even like manage her, right? Because they're like not even sure how to do it. Because it's like you know, it's like oh, we have to break this to her a certain way because there's like that's no guarantee of anything, right? You're not even sure which way of breaking it to her is going to hit. It's going to be different each and every day, just really depending on her mood with Andrea, I could definitely see this being a situation where she gets mad about the fact that he's spending money. You know, we don't have that kind of money to spend. That's the part. That's where I thought it would. Because I would be actually, I would be not ups, not Andrea upset. Right. Like Andrea upset. But I would be upset. That seems like, to me it was something she would get upset about. You spent all this money right. without even like talking about this yes. with me? Yes. Like it's a big family purchase. Yes. A big deal. That's a lot. We we I we I we we might have come up with a better priority, especially when you bought it for me. Well, and but that's the thing too is Andrea is incredibly self-absorbed and selfish. Yeah. So yeah. that part of it is like, yeah, you're probably okay if you're like showering her with attention and money and things like that. Like she'd be fine with that. 
Yeah, I mean, I was just saying, like, if you're doing something on behalf of me, you spent an incredible amount of money without discussing it. It was for me. Maybe a car isn't what I would have bought with that money. Like, maybe I'd rather have a boat. Maybe I'd rather have some jewelry. Like, I don't know what it is that she wants, you know, because it's like, oh, well, now I got this car. I mean, she obviously wanted the car and liked the car. So we have given enough credit for that. Right. That he knew her well enough that that was going to be the winner. I mean, because, I mean, they also, if she doesn't have a car, they live in L.A., you need a car. I'm confused by that comment. <laughs> like, what car did she take the kids to the hotel in? I thought she had a van. We've seen her rolling around in a van. So whose van is that? That's a good question. Yeah. Because she made it sound like it's been years since she's had cars. And it's like, well, I'm pretty yeah. sure when she, you were in Utah, which wasn't all that long ago, you had a car in Utah. So Right. That's another place I can't imagine not having a car yeah. in Utah. So are they just but... borrowing everybody else's car? Or does she really Renting have a it? car and she's just like, eh. Or is the van like... Lamar's van and it's not hers and so technically she's borrowing Lamar's see van. I don't Lamar know. choosing a van for himself. Wasn't he rolling around in a Mercedes at one point, I wanna say? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well that's the other thing too is about the amount of spending money and stuff like that is like it de- it really depends on how they the details of how they have their finances like separated. Yeah. Like if he spent all the money out of his pot on this car that's a wonderful gift. You bought me a car. Amazing. Right. right. But if they have a bigger shared pot that the money just came out of and it's like, so I bought myself a car and you didn't tell me about it. <laughs> That's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tennyson with his hair pick, I'm, you like it. You think it's cool. No, cool. No. Tennyson, I, Tennyson is so funny because he reminds me so much, so much of my own students. Like, oh, yeah. The, they're like they're they're the nerdy kids, but they do the things like he's and he wears because he's really big on the trendy like super nineties like Saved by the Bell like uh, pattern shirts and uh-huh, stuff. Sure. Like, that, like he has, he's like he's like really trying to be trendy, but he's also pretty clearly pretty nerdy. Yes, I, I, there's just like something that. that doesn't fit. Like he doesn't pull it off. Isla were to try to do something kind of funky and cool, like she could pull it off. Uh, Tennyson mm-hmm. is just not happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, he just, I've taught so many, so many students that are like exactly like Tennyson that it's, yeah. it's crazy. Well, speaking of bad decisions, well, this is not of the fashionable kind, but Sarah and Michael. Michael <laughs> is making breakfast with the girls while Sarah waits in the other room. Michael tells Aviana that he needs to smash the eggs while Sarah quips that daddy knows all about smashing. Gross. Uh, So they sit down and Michael says grace for the family. Michael recaps that they tend to drink at night and one thing leads to another and he calls it dreaming. Sarah gets a video chat from her friend Emmy and Michael chooses to walk through in the background. Sarah then says, oh, Michael's been here and Emmy mishears that as he lives there. Sarah updates Emmy on Malcolm and Emmy defends Malcolm saying that no one wants to be with someone who's living with their baby daddy. She insists that Michael stay at a hotel, then asks if they've been hooking up. Sarah stammers and says that, you know, she's not about that. Sarah says that she doesn't tell everyone what's going on because she doesn't need the judgment. Michael then plops himself right next to Sarah as Emmy continues to talk. Emmy asks if the plan is for him to stay indefinitely. Sarah defends her and Michael, saying that they're doing this for the kids and things have been so much better since he's been there. Michael says that she doesn't have to defend herself to anyone and that Emmy is rude for asking those questions. Emmy says she's worried, but she will always love and support Sarah. Uh, As soon as Sarah gets off the phone with Emmy, Michael comes back to the room and jumps on Sarah. In his interview, he refers to Sarah as his lover and sexual partner. (laughs) (laughs) He's so weird. weird. He has a way of making everything so disgusting, right? Like gushing and, oh God, whatever else he comes up with. All right. Why do you think that Sarah trusts this situation and has somehow managed to follow it into the idiot trap again? I don't know. The thing is, is I don't think Sarah has acknowledged what situation she's in. Like, but I think she does know because is, that's the reason why she doesn't tell her friends. She knows exactly what people are okay, going to say. Does, she knows what's right. She doesn't yeah. know what people are going to say. But I think she kind of hides it from them because I think she's convincing herself that she's not currently in a relationship with Michael. 
right? And she, because I remember when things were going good, she was like, you know, do I wish things would have worked out? Um, yeah, I think they, they would have been a lot nicer. And it's like, um, like you're living with your husband and baby daddy and you sleep in the same bed and are sexual <laughs> partners. Um, you're together. That's a relationship. Like, so I don't know what you think it is. Like, he's just staying here for a while. He's not living here. Like, I even think she's trying to, like, convince herself that what this is is, you know, it's just a temporary situation. That Things are working out really well. Whereas Michael is just like, we're back together. Yeah, yeah that's I us. wouldn't say that back I've together. been in this exact same situation, but I have dated people who say one thing and do another, right? And I feel like... okay. It is her way of kind of not wanting to hear what she doesn't want to hear, but enjoying what is actually happening, right? She's basically like sure. without the title, without the talk. She's in a relationship with Michael. There's everything everything about this with Michael. But I think she's afraid to kind of define the relationship because she doesn't want to hear what she would probably hear where he goes, no, nah, no, nah, this isn't a thing. Like, we're just, you know, doing our own thing. If, you know, someone else is in the situation, someone else is in the situation. She just doesn't want to hear that. Instead, she just wants to hold on to this idea mm -hmm. that they're in a relationship and they're exclusive. And so I think she's just afraid to bring it up. So I was also very confused and not 100% that they're having sex. Yeah. Because of a weird dream thing. Like... Like he was like he was like we you know we sleep in the same bed which okay I to backing up I find it very very difficult to imagine that Michael sleeps in the same bed with anyone oh and doesn't, sure I know like, he's all in their business constantly. for sure like, like yeah he's all yeah yeah definitely but the way he was like well you know we dream and in our dreams like I think he's like oh yeah it hasn't happened yet but you know emotions you know no i totally souls, took it like to it mean totally that already happened he but then it, is sleeping with her but and it would be interesting i did, wasn't paying too much attention uh -huh. if this was the same interview because you know how sometimes they splice from different interviews if he was trying to give the impression like yes, they yes, weren't yes. sleeping together before just you know to you know but and that's the thing too is he definitely plays a character in the interviews right he's trying to play up this kind of romeo yeah. like whatever you know she's my bitch she's my bitch she's my bitch you know like everybody wants me he definitely right. tries to play up that character so i don't know if the part that he is kind of like playing up is the part where he's trying to play down their relationship or the part where it's like, oh, my lover yeah. and sexual partner. It's like, oh, gross. Yes. So that, that, okay, that's the other part, too, is I like it definitely came across as like, you know, and, and you know, if you think back, I don't know, you did, you weren't a guy in high school, but like in high school, there were definitely guys. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know if you talk. If it, I don't think I would say I, I don't think guys would have shared the things with you because like every guy in high school who wasn't having sex still pretended they were having sex. Oh, right? sure. I know that much. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like it was a tell. Yes, I definitely had sex with her. We totally are sexual partners. That kind of thing. The way he like said it out <laughs> like that really came gave me that kind of vibe of the guy in high school. It's like, nope, you're not getting laid. Nope, not you. Like I can, we can see through your ruse, man. God. And so I'm not like saying if if he didn't, if it wasn't for Michael's interviews between the dreaming thing and the thing where he was like, no, we are definitely lovers. That that those two things may be like, wait, wait, I don't believe you. <laughs> I would have believed it until you said that, and now I'm like, I have my doubts now. To me, the way that Sarah acts around him and the way he acts around her, that alone, I feel like it oh, doesn't man. even need to be said. They're sleeping together. I mean, okay, but there's definitely a weird, I laughed so hard when she went into the other room to talk to Emmy and he just like floated on by and sat down in the bed with the with the kid's tablet and just sat next to them. Oh, just do, 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 don't mind me. I'm just here for nothing. <laughs> So I'm just going to walk behind you while you're on your FaceTime. Oh, no. Because yeah. well, he doesn't by like it. Emmy because Emmy very clearly does not like him. Yeah. 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 I didn't even tell him all the time. So. Ugh. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. So 
Um, all right, let, let, let's go here. Let's go to let's go to Brittany and Marcelino because we have to. I feel like we have to get it out of the way because it's Oof, not a fun one to talk depressing. about at all. Yeah. So after meeting all of the Alaska family, Marcelino jokes that if he had known how much drama Brittany's family was, he would have you know written somebody else in prison. Brittany, Brittany rightly takes that as a joke and then gives us the next stop on our Cindy therapy tour, the site of her accident. So it turns out she nearly died when a cabin she was in exploded a few years ago. Mars warns us that this could be a lot for her to take in, but Brittany believes that in order for this to, for this whole therapy tour to work, Cindy has to face all of her demons. As they get as they're driving in the car and get closer to the location, Brittany recounts the incident from her perspective where she had to skip parole to come to Alaska because she thought she was saying her goodbye to her mom. When they get to the site, there's still debris from the fire, and Cindy says she can even still smell it. Cindy says she can't remember much from that day because she was basically blackout drunk. The fire department says that, a pro that there was a leaking propane tank, and then Cindy lit a cigarette and the whole place went up. As, as she reminisces on the day, reminisces is a bad word, remembers that day, Cindy tells Brittany that she felt very desperate that day following a fight with, uh, with Brittany's dad. She also thinks about how when she woke up in the hospital, she said she was very upset that she was still alive. Um, and the implication there being that the explosion might have been an attempt at suicide. So Brittany is obviously shocked by this, and she feels like having Cindy do come here and do this was the right fit choice, and also, it was the right choice to keep Cindy around and close to her, to her, and in her family's life. So, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure I interpreted that right. That whole situation where she was pissed off, she woke up in the hospital. Do you think yeah. it was? Do you think it was? Did you get the impression that it actually was an attempt at suicide? Like she put the tank on and and let it leak in the house, or that she was just kind of like. When she woke up, she was like, oh, man, I wish that would have killed me. Like an accident that yeah. she kind of wishes she didn't survive. Yeah, I feel like it was probably the latter because I feel like, you know, she probably woke up and she they had a picture of her, which confuses me why people take pictures of loved ones in the hospital looking like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, not much I mean, of a picture taker. If, so I'm not either. And that's definitely the kind of thing is like that would if, not be my if they're, if they're going to go, but it's not how I want. The, that's not how I want them to be remembered in right, like, right before they went. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But yeah. I, mean, I don't know if the medical people take pictures. I don't know. That seems like an odd thing to take no, that a picture seems weird. of. That seems weird. I'd back that up. Yeah. So <laughs> that in itself, she did not look, that looked terrible, right? Oh, burns look, or oh, anything burns, like that. Burns are in that category. Incredibly painful. It's got to oh be yes. so, so painful. I can only imagine, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I feel like just based on that, she wakes up, she's in so much pain. Yeah, she probably wished that she was dead. I, I can't imagine anyone, you know, those are the kinds of things that make you feel like want to give up. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, got issues, too. So, I mean, she's even more likely to want to give up when situations are bad. So I took it to mean that it was like, wow, this is the most pain I've ever been in. Fair enough. Right. You know, like, why did I have to be alive for this? Yeah, true. And I, I, I yeah, I, I took it as a little bit of both. That that was mm -hmm. a terrible situation. And also, like, you know, to this point where I mean, it's a terribly terrible place to be and if you and you know people mm -hmm. are in this place i definitely encourage them to seek out you know as much help as they can get but like not to the point where you're thinking of self-harm but you're like it wouldn't suck if something happened to me like yeah. and i was gone you know like right I, that I, that that might be okay which is a terrible place to be in like absolutely yeah yeah i don't really know how much like forethought went into that mm -hmm. you know because it's it's she might have been in a dark place. Like, we don't really know. You right. Know? And I, well, I, I, I guess we could kind of guess that she is. Right. And I and things the, were the thing well about it her. is I'm not even sure that she knows because, like she said, she was, you know, drunk or high or whatever. And not yeah. only that, because when something like that happens, even when people are completely sober, people are in terrible car accidents, usually ask them what happened. They're like, I can't remember it. Like, yeah. that's really common when something happens. So, you know, she might – she likely and she said she couldn't remember much of what happened that night right right uh, okay so moving yeah. on let's move on to amber and puppy so amber is with her mom monica who has been given a travel pass so she can visit 
Monica is asking Amber about Puppy, and Amber tells us that Puppy is pressuring her about a relationship. Amber's been afraid to tell her the truth about her man because Puppy is fragile. Amber tells her mom about her man, Sammy. Monica already knows about Sammy, and Monica is concerned because she thinks that Sammy is controlling and tried to keep her away from the family before. Amber admits that their relationship was toxic, but she believes that things are different now. Monica says that you can't tell if someone's changed if they're still in prison, and she feels like he's going to hold her back. Puppy is, meanwhile, working at a house as a house cleaner. She is uh, venting to her coworker about Amber's behavior. She feels like a stranger to Amber and feels like Amber is repulsed and pissed at her for some reason, and Puppy feels like an outcast. Puppy tells her uh, tells us that this is her first legit job, and it's a challenge to be serious and disciplined. She just wants to enjoy her life and, like, do whatever. She comes across some bottles of liquor in the house that she's cleaning, and it's very much implied that, you know, Puppy may be up to no good. But we don't really actually get any verification on that. Puppy, Amber, and Monica all meet up for dinner. Monica points out that Puppy has lost some weight. They discuss the whole Vince situation, and Amber says that Vince was a total dick to Puppy. Monica thinks that Puppy and Amber need to serve up some justice to Vince. Puppy has the paperwork uh, that they had requested, and she was waiting to review it with them. They find out pretty quickly that Vince forged her signature. Amber can see immediately that it's Vince's handwriting. Puppy is pissed, and she says that she's going to Vegas, and Amber's going too. Amber is worried that somehow the situation will get them into trouble. She's worried because Vince is shady as hell and you just don't know what he's going to do. Okay, so uh, it, it's interesting to hear from Puppy's perspective how she's mm-hmm. being treated by Amber. Sure. So do you think that if they weren't living together that Puppy and Amber would still be talking, be close at all? Oh, interesting. Um I think maybe, like, I think it actually might be a little bit better because I feel like this whole Vince thing mm-hmm. is a reason that, that Amber has to kind of keep Puppy at a more of a distance to her, right? But since they live together, there can't be, like, a physical distance. There has to be, the only way she can keep a kind of distance is to have an emotional distance. Wait, right? what do you mean, Vince? Uh, I mean, not Vince, is... not Vince, not Vince. Um, oh, what's his Sammy. Name? Sammy, <laughs> Sammy, 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 Sammy. Sammy, right, wrong one. Oh, Good okay, call. okay, I was going to say, what Sammy. does Vince have to do with this? No, forget Vince. <laughs> Sammy, because of okay. the Sammy situation, she has to, she feels like she has to keep Amber at, or wants to keep Amber, like, at an arm's length, right? Sure, sure. And if they didn't live together, and especially really what needs what, what, what the problem is is she needs to make clear to Puppy that she's really not interested in an actual relationship, which would probably make Puppy go all the way away, which is why she doesn't want to do that, right? Like, but I don't know if she doesn't want to do that. In the situation where they were clearly that. what Amber wanted, which is, you know, just BFFs or whatever, right, that weren't really romantically linked to each other, but sometimes fooled around, like, then – they could be closer, but it's it's the fact that puppy wants more. So I don't know if it has anything to do with Now I'm talking myself out of it. I don't know if it has anything to do with them. I was going to say, I do think it has to do with the fact that puppy wants more, but I think there's more to it because I feel like uh, what puppy was describing uh, their relationship, like she feels like an outcast. She feels like she's always pissed. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've all kind of been around or been with someone who's like kind of moody and brooding. And you always feel like kind of unwanted in that situation. Right. And that's kind of what Puppy was describing. So it's kind of like I feel like there's something more going on than just Amber not wanting to take it to the next level. Um, Yeah, but I think and and I, I, I guess you're right. And I think that thing is Sammy. Is there something else that's going on and I come back here and this situation is still a different situation I have to deal with and I'd rather not have to deal with it and uh, duh, this is just annoying now. Why don't this just fix itself and stop? And like, you know, because you want something else because she wants something else that when she comes back and this person that is not the person she wants is always there, that makes, that tends to make people that moody and brooding scenario you're talking about and makes you push them away. Yeah, um, I don't have high hopes for Sammy now that no, no, we've no, no, kind no, of, of heard not. from Monica. Oh, no. Yeah, if Monica was like, that dude's a piece of shit, then it's like, yeah. uh-oh. <laughs> like, 
Watch out. I know, right? Can you even imagine what he would do if he found out that Amber was living with Puppy and that they had kind of been in a relationship before? I think he would flip the hell out because, I mean, Monica said he was possessive and tried to cut her off from her friends and family. That is true. That is true. But he also could be a gross guy who thinks he gets to bang two women now. Ugh, God. Puppy's not going to be about that at all. (laughs) Oh, no, she's not at all. But, I mean... He I don't even think, think puppy's bi. I think puppy's no, 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 just straight I, she's up. Not. Puppy, lesbian. Yeah, puppy's gay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that but you know how gross guys can be. Like not not like I'm not saying how gross guys can be. It's like you know how gross guys can be. <laughs> like and I'm guessing Sammy is probably a gross guy. He was like, Hey, oh, oh, you hooked up with that girl? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm coming home soon, huh? <laughs> Gosh, (laughs) I'm actually kind of worried about Puppy. Like, Monica's pointed out that she's lost weight. I just feel like she's not looking so good. And by that, I mean she's not looking so sober. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I I was a little uh, disappointed. I feel like that the whole staring at the bottle of liquor thing was... Was not it, helping like, the situation. Yeah, but I don't think it was. I think that was very much a production. Like, oh, oh sure. Like, I don't think she was gonna steal that bottle of Jack. No, like, no. <laughs> Especially like, with a camera on her. Come on. Right. Yeah. Give her a little credit. Right. Yeah. But you know, it, it it which makes. I mean, it's it's not. It wouldn't be surprising if she's like that. I feel like an outcast. I feel like I'm all alone. Yep. The one person I wanted to do with, like, and so it it wouldn't be surprising for somebody like that too, right. who has a history to turn to substances. Yeah, she's probably unhappy. Um, You know, she's maybe remembering a time where, you know, she was happy in prison with Amber. So she might even be feeling like, well, prison isn't that bad. So might as well just do what I want. And if I happen to go back to prison, oh, well. Right. Especially if, yeah, especially if what she, the biggest thing she wanted out of prison was Amber and she's Mm -hmm. not going to have that then. I mean, who cares? So how is this Vegas what's the end goal of this Vegas trip I don't don't even know I don't think they have a plan and I think that's why Amber is kind of like this is a bad idea like we don't have a plan so where are you gonna roll up on Vince and what Vince is gonna pull a gun on us or something and then what are we gonna do I don't see it ending in any kind of arrest unless it turns into an altercation and everybody gets arrested for assault. Right. So I understand where Amber's coming from and her hesitation to wanting to go. I definitely, I I don't know, nobody seemed to say it, but you have to be like, listen, guys, this hasn't happened to us before, but we are on the right side of this legal issue. (laughs) Right. We are on the legal side of this issue. Let's take advantage of that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, but at the same time, they're concerned because uh, the lawyer who said that you know, if they wanted to fight it, it would cost $12,000 to, like, retain a lawyer to, it, you know, Which is so crazy this. to me. It seems to me, and maybe this is, I mean, it's government work, so it was. The, the, the entity really getting defrauded here isn't puppy, it's the VA. Yeah, so you would think that they would, like, just report them to the VA. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. just be done with it. Right, you'd be like, But uh, they're hey, trying VA, to get you're... money out of it, too. You know, yes, they're that's essentially what it, trying that's what it to comes blackmail down to, him. Is they want is they want yeah. that money that they that they're quote unquote owed that was part of the fraud, and that's right, that's right. when you're running into legal troubles. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, John and Christiana. So John hops in the old Bonnie and Clyde Firebird God. to go pick up Christiana, but this time, you know, unlike last time when he picked her up from the wedding, there's no limo, but also no weird pickup truck wedding that has to happen. He's nervous because they're married now and everything, but, you know, he doesn't really know her all that well. Like, he doesn't even know if she snores or if she'd be a good mom. But when she gets out, Christiana, you know, she's only really concerned about sexy baby-making time. She says they should make more babies, which John, what, six kid John? Seven kid John? is like. I feel like this is nine kid John. Nine kid John. Six kids with Sean. Oh, okay. Nine kid John is like. John has so many kids. More babies? All right. So anyway, she's self-conscious about the weight she's put on. But John is, you know, she tries to get John to say something about it in the car. And he's at least too smart to say anything about that. (laughs) But, you know, not all that smart. Because while they're driving home, um, 
you know, we get a little bit of insight about this, the about how John might have been paying for all this new stuff he's been getting that Tara talked about last episode because he gets a call from a collections agency and he says they're going to pay them today because the check just got in. Hmm, more we'll hear about that. But also <laughs> dumb is he tells Christy, no, you know, he tells Christy that the reason he's fallen behind the collections agency is because he has mom, he has to support her mom and Tara and it's been a strain on the wallet. So once Tara comes up, Christy, who apparently knows her sister very well, asks if she's ever tried to flirt with John, who just, you know, straight up lies and says, no, nothing like that's ever happened. <laughs> and I feel like he had that, that, that liar's like high pitched voice too. God. So anyway, we get some more about how Christiana wants to jump John's bones, but first it's time for a COVID test. She gets what must be a, a negative rapid test. So John says they can now do things that would have been impacted had she had a positive COVID test, which apparently means sex as opposed to riding in a car unmasked together, <laughs> which they had already been doing. Anyway, there's uh, too many people around the house for um, a good freaky time. So they go down to a random spot in the woods, you know, as one does. All right, so we already see in the preview for next week that John's hope that Christiana won't find out about him, him the situation between here and Tara isn't going to last very long. <laughs> so, I mean, in, in, as a prediction, how do you think she's going to find out? Uh, well, I, be, I mean, based on the uh, previews, it looks like mom tells her. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess, yeah, mom. <laughs> Which is funny because that's not... Yeah, that's, that's kind of no, like a left field not one. what I would have guessed. I would feel like mom's trying to stay out of it because why would mom want two sisters to go at it? Yes, but I feel like mom is like, okay, so we talked about it last time. Why would you want to tell? Why would Tara want to tell her? Right? Yeah. And because it was like, she because wants John for herself. To know. Yeah, but what, that's why Tara really was. But what, yeah. what just, what, what logical like justification could you come up with and it's like mm -hmm. oh you should know but your man's has a wandering eye like and mom definitely would do that but mom now she's feel like she's shooting herself in the foot so what happens yeah because right? it's like yeah why would mom say they're all living there it's like basically yeah. you're making yourself homeless by saying something right exactly so it's an interesting interesting thing to go I, it, <sighs> yeah and so I mean it's weird to me that, like, also, she gave him an uh, opening, man. Like, she yeah. gave him, like, didn't Tara sleep when he, he could have been like, oh, well, you know, your sister. She kind of flirts with everybody. So, you know, that's kind of – there might have been some situations where things got a little awkward, but nothing happened. Like, at least, right. like, it wouldn't be – it wouldn't go well for you, but it's going to go better than, oh, yeah, the mom being like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, your husband and your sister are fucking, God. like <laughs> – God. Uh, all right. Um, speaking of high-pitched voices, we got one uh, with Chevelle and Quaylen as well. <laughs> so Quaylen is still dragging around his suitcase uh, he, as he walks Chevelle and Mayula to their hotel room. DeMarc is staying in a separate room and they part ways. When Chevelle is in the room alone with Quaylen, she sets down the rules, which includes no talking to other females. She needs passwords to his phone. He tries to object, but realizes that he's not quite out of the woods, so he backs down pretty quickly. Chevelle says that he needs to get his own room, but just for tonight, which really throws a wrench in Quaylen's makeup sex plans. Quaylen walks out of the room with his suitcase to run into D-Mark in the hallway who confronts him on his broken promises. Quaylen then tells D-Mark that he proposed and D-Mark says that they're not getting married. Quaylen says that Chevelle's happy and D-Mark says he will definitely object at the wedding. D-Mark's voice gets really, really high, but then it goes really, really deep as punches are thrown before producers come out and break it up. Chevelle comes out of her room and gets in D-Mark's face and yells at the producers to turn it off. It's over. The next morning, Quaylen and his suitcase come rolling back to Chevelle's room. Chevelle tells him that his fight with D-Mark in front of Myela was unacceptable. And Quaylen tells Myela that he was just playing. They check out the hotel and Quaylen has somehow acquired another suitcase. <laughs> Chevelle tries to have a conversation with D-Mark. D-Mark asks her about the engagement and Chevelle shows him the ring. D-Mark says it's too fast. Chevelle says she's doing what makes her happy and what's best for her. D-Mark believes that Chevelle probably brought the ring herself. 
Chevelle insists that he shake it out with Quaylen because Myla was crying. So Chevelle makes a big show of the two of them giving high fives as DeMarc looks away, super pissed. Myla says it's not nice and they have to do it again for good. Chevelle says that daddy is going to be around for a long, long time and DeMarc just smirks. Chevelle says that she is ready to get married now. But do you think that Quaylen is ready to get married now? Um, I mean, no. I mean, we, we, and I just, we kind of have this theory because we, and we, we, one of the running themes of this is we've, we've crossed from like love after lockup, like prison drama now to just yeah. like standard fair relationship sure. drama. And this one is just like, no, we've established he's just guy who wants what he can't have. Yeah. And so as mm-hmm. soon as it's like an option, oh, I'm back and I'm married and I'm, in, I'm back in, he's going to be like, so let's do this now. And it's like, do we need to do it now? Because he yeah. already kind of was like started was like, I'll do whatever you need. She's like, how about the passwords to your phone? He was like, um. He's like, right, what, why would you need? Oh, I forgot Right. Oh, yeah. And so it's like. I just, I just don't. I think those those impulses get stronger and stronger as he feels like he has uh, more of a more of a um, you know solid hold on her not leaving and not not backing out. Mm-hmm. I and think so, Demark is not helping the situation either because I feel like Quaylen just wants to stick around to rub it in Demark's face. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like I, I was curious about the proposal and what he's doing of how much of this is not even winning Chevelle back over, just beating mm-hmm. Demark. Yeah. Like, see, look, wanted, she fell for it. Yeah. We're getting not married. Even she, yeah, not you wanted you wanted something and it you wanted something to not happen and I'm gonna make it happen just because <laughs> you didn't want it to happen. <laughs> like Because yeah. Mark is not great about it. He was like weirdly like they didn't like run into each other. He was posted up outside of her door. He was waiting for Quaylen to come back out. Like mm. or production got him and said, He's yeah. coming back out. You need to come out here now. It's not like they were just like, oh, I was just going to get ice and I ran into this guy. And Yeah, like, because, I mean, DeMarc didn't know, or maybe he did, that Chevelle wasn't going to let him stay there. True. Yeah, that's true. So it must have it must have been production. I was just like a weird, weird fight. And it, he said things that I didn't know what they meant. Like when he started, when he started, oh, doing yeah. this, when he started right? getting high pitched, yeah. I was like, all right, what's happening like, here? A ring and a baby don't plug nobody. I was like, what does... I've never heard that phrasing ever. (laughs) Don't plug nobody? Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) But I don't know. So the part that bothered me a lot... Actually, the part that bothered me the most about this Mm -hmm. whole situation was um, the way they lied to Maila. Yeah. Straight up lied. And she... Oh, we're just playing. We're just playing. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Oh, D- Daddy and Demark are, are big are good friends now. It's like no, they're not. Like she yeah, can see it's right super there. obvious. <laughs> and I mean, she's not dumb. She's like, no, that's not good for real. Yeah, the, even the second one was barely like yeah. It was like, uh, but Chevelle wasn't like helping the situation. She's like, look, Myela, look what Demark and Daddy are gonna do. Yeah, and it's just it, like it was so cheesy. It's like no kids falling for that. No kids falling for that. Oh, we were just playing out there. Like, you were screaming. Why did it take Chevelle so long to come out? Like, they were out there screaming at each other for a good solid minute. And it wasn't until the producer, like, chucked Quaylen back into his head, back into her room. That she was like, wait, there's something going on out here? Who knows? Maybe she's in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, jeez. Let's hope not. All right. So, moving on to our last altercation. Gosh. We get Sean and Destiny. So, Sean is continuing his his dumbass plan of trying to get this car towed away uh, on the down low while Destiny is in her sister's house. He says that Destiny has been pulling tricks on him and he fell for hook, lion, and sinker. Inside the de- house, Destiny talks about how stupid Sean is for even coming to the courthouse and how he, he is free now and has nothing else to ask from her. Well, of course, what he wants to ask for her is his car back. So before long... Um, Sister Brittany and Destiny see the giant-ass tow truck that's in the driveway, and they come out to confront him. Destiny comes out and immediately hits him and yells about it, how it's her car and she'll fuck up his shit or whatever, whatever, whatever. In what, we, in what might be the smartest thing Sean has ever said in the show is he, <laughs> is he says, it's in my name and I make payments on it. Like, what did she think? I was just going to let her keep my car? 
<laughs> they both start hollering at the poor tow truck guy. Destiny telling them stop and Sean saying it's in my name. Keep taking it. Um, she says that it, at least give me some money for it or I'm going to flip out. And then Brittany has a thought like, how did you know where I live? So I was like, oh, it's the pizza delivery guy giving me the things. Destiny says that having the car repo, this is in an interview, is the ballsiest thing that Sean's ever done and that blah, 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 he's a piece of work. She's upset that he wants to take from her the only thing she even has. Sean asks why he would pay for his ex-girlfriend's car. And Destiny points out that he works with Kelly and helps her out with bills, so why wouldn't he? Of course, you know, Kelly has his children, which is what Sean tells her. Then she, um, Destiny warns Sean that he will not have the last laugh here and that he won't like it if when she gets the last laugh. She gives us a hint about what that means. Um, basically a felony property damage charge because she's going to fuck up his car and she's willing to go back to prison if it means hurting Sean. So when the tow truck is ready to go, that's when Destiny realizes that she has some stuff still in the trunk of the car. So she climbs up on the on the tow truck and refuses to get down until the trunk gets open. She seems to think she has Sean in an unsolvable riddle because she doesn't have to help him help him open his car and the car keys, the only ones that are around, are in Brittany's house. So how can Sean possibly open the trunk for her? So then Sean goes to the front door front door of the car and pops the trunk open. <laughs> Destiny tries to slam it again real quick because she got outsmarted by Sean. She grabs the bag out of her trunk, calls Sean a little bitch and a crybaby ass. Sean tells us in an interview that um, she tries, um, she keeps trying to say this is on him, but everything that's happened uh, is all, everything's on her. She's just a ball of hate. Destiny thinks that the only, that he only put the car in his name so he could control her. Then as the truck pulls off, tells him to get the fuck out and they try to buy Felicia him and as if they were the ones who had the upper hand following this exchange. So now that I mentioned that, who do you uh, think, think had the upper hand of this whole car exchange? Sean? Because I mean, at the end of the day, the car was taken. Yeah. Destiny doesn't have a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But can I just say shout out to Greg, Greg the tow truck the guy. Tow truck guy. <laughs> How many altercations like this do you think tow truck guys see? Oh, a ton. I'm sure, because if your car is getting towed, it's not a nice... It's like the meter maid situation, this, right? Honestly, this might be one of the better situations because they were arguing with each other and not with him. Yes, Like, most sure. of the time, they come out and go, what the don't fucking... I'm going to get my... Like, I, I guarantee every tow truck guy has been threatened to be shot. Oh, I guarantee sure, it. sure. Yeah, why are you taking my car, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So You put yeah. that car back down. You can't take that car. I guarantee it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Greg. Uh, they kind of both deserve each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they totally do. But I just, it was it was super annoying to me at the end. We were like, uh-uh, you're just a little bitch. We got, uh-uh, bye, Felicia. It's like, he took your car. Like, you lost the situation. You right. lost this exchange, Destiny. Like, this- give it up. This actually made me also feel like the sister is kind of garbage, too. Yes. Like, before Brittany, I kind of more so had, like, yeah, whatever feelings about Brittany. She hasn't been to prison. She'd obviously destiny every once in a while. So it's kind of like, all right. If anything, she just was kind of, like, in the middle, you know, just very neutral. This episode, I was just like, ooh, Brittany's a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, she was 100% on Team Destiny. I just don't – I don't understand. Yeah. I wish I had a little bit that wasn't just crazy screaming, flipping out thoughts of why she felt she was entitled to that car. Because she definitely implied that well, not only was am I entitled to keep the car, I'm entitled that you should keep paying for this car. You should keep making the monthly and payment And the thing she said car. was, he tricked me into putting the car in his name – and is right. it because she just felt like he should pay for it and put it in his name? Or did she somehow right. contribute any kind of money to this car? Yeah, that's the key. That's the key there is it was how much money did she contribute? Because I could I could see him. I could see that discussion. Well, it's yeah. gonna, we're going to get you a car. OK, well, it's my car. Okay, well, well, I want it in my yeah. name. And he's like, no, if I'm making yeah. all the payments, it's going to be in my name. 
I'm not putting it. In, I'm not putting it in your name and making all the payments on it. That's not going to happen, and th- that shouldn't happen. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous ask. Um, well, she. I mean, come on. Sean is kind of an idiot, and yes. she could very easily be like, "Oh, but we're getting married. Like, what's mine is yours." Oh, sure, sure, sure. But I mean, yeah, and it's like they could, but I, yeah, I mean, but I, so that's what I think it was. I think she thought. Oh, he bought this car for me. It's like mm-hmm. almost a gift that he's taking back. Like it was my car and he only got put it in his name to control it. And he's like, no, I only put it in my name because I was paying for it. Because I guess you could – can you even do that? Also, depending on whose name it's in, could that mess up like the loan amount? Could that mess up like the payments if you're like it's her car but I took the loan out on it? I don't know how that works either. I've I mean, the title that. can be in anyone's name, right? The title is separate right. from the loan itself. Right. That's true. But but it's, but it's I can see this because when you when you take a car loan, they put a lien on the title. Yeah. Right? So I don't – I could see the – whoever you're getting the loan from being like, I'm not going to put a lien on the title of somebody who isn't paying me the car payments. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, tried, I've never tried to do it. So I don't know if it's possible or not. Yeah, I have I have no idea but how that works. I, that's another the other thing I laughed so hard at is she thought she had him. Uh-uh, the keys are in the house and you can't go in the house and there's no way you can open this trunk. So we're just going to have to take this car down and you just I was so confused trunk. by that. Like <laughs> if she was trying to open it or close it, like the trunk. She kept on slamming the trunk so, closed. So what I got is like is what I got was she really thought she had him trapped. Yeah. Like you can't take my stuff. It's in the trunk. You can't get the trunk open. So I guess you'll have to leave the car here. <laughs> right? And and then he opened the trunk and she was just mad and she tried to be like, no, you didn't open the trunk. It's shut still. No. It, you have to like. Yeah. It, it was pretty ridiculous. The whole thing. And I love how she calls him immature. It's like, ah, uh, no. Yeah. Not really. I don't know. It just makes me – the whole thing made me doubt her. Like before I was like, oh, yeah, she could run circles around this guy. He's so dumb. And it was like, wait a second. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so sure anymore. He's still as dumb as I thought oh, he was. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like I think she she's, she's like not all that – I think that, that my opinion of her strategy <laughs> went way down with this one. Okay. Well, speaking of which, I actually had Sean as my student of the week because – out of anything he's done, this is probably the smartest thing that he's done. Yes, he yes, actually absolutely. realized that. Oh, oh, I, I, I'm been scammed this entire time. Like the fact that he even accepted that was a big step in Sean's book, right? And that right. he actually followed through with this whole, uh, you know, towing, trying to get his stuff back. I wish he would didn't try to like do it before they came out. Yeah, just been like, hey, I'm here to get my car back. Yeah, uh, and if he you was don't... trying to be sneaky about it for sure. Well, he's trying to avoid a confrontation. And honestly, I don't blame him. Given how explosive destiny can be, I would want to avoid a confrontation as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I would want to, and it's again, he should have done it at the courthouse, give her the opportunity to do that before I go ahead and the, to- the car towed from her sister's house. Yeah, like sure. But, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, she didn't get to keep it. So my student of the week, oh, man, I struggled. Uh, and I think I yeah. was like, I, I wrote down, like, maybe I'll pass because the best thing I could come up with was the producer that broke up the fight. The, yeah, right. The, 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 you know, the boom mic guy that broke up the fight. Maybe. Um, yeah. Or Greg, the poor tow truck Greg, guy. Greg, the poor tow truck guy. Or like Queenie, the um, uh, puppy's coworker cleaner. <laughs> was like, listen yeah, to her. Sure. I was like, these are. There weren't even good, like, secondary characters. I was down to some tertiary one-off characters, man. <laughs> I didn't really like anybody. Like, no, nobody deserves it. All right. What about your class dunce? Oh, gosh, Sarah. Okay. Trying to hide this stuff from her friends when they know very well. Um, to be in denial about, like, what the situation is. To kind of make this out to be something else i feel like she's living a warped sense of reality where michael is this 
missing piece to their family and she has to hold on right. otherwise yeah. things are it's just you know not good it, it yeah it, it sounds like it's i mean i don't know what it is it sounds like a lack of imagination like there's no other way mm-hmm. michael can be a contributing member to this family but it's not that it's because this is what she wants and she just won't admit that that's what yeah she wants. right yeah right so my dunce was okay. destiny just because mm-hmm. you got outsmarted by sean like <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, right. That's really low. That's just... Oh, goodness. You know. An embarrassment for yeah, you. an embarrassment for you. That's just done. <laughs> okay, what about your life lesson? So life lesson goes to... We, we talked about it a little bit. It's a, it's a dumb kind of throwaway one. Um, with John and Christiana and Andrea and Lamar, it's that, you know, in general, sex in non-traditional places, like in a car, <laughs> in a car wash, or on a random stump in the woods is oh, God. highly overrated and generally very disappointing. Uh, I mean, we've even had some of the couples in the past. Like, I think uh, the Cheryl, not Cheryl. I think Cheryl, Cheryl and Josh, but I was thinking of the redheaded one. I cannot, her uh, name escapes oh, yeah, me right, yeah, right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even Cheryl was just like, yeah, there were like sticks poking me in the back. <laughs> yeah, and like, exactly. yeah, they were talking it about it. There's, was no, it. there's no cushion and no give. And like, it's, it's no, no, it's not good. Not good. Right. Like, the beach is another one that people are like, ooh, that sounds hot. And it's like, it's not. not <laughs> no. Disappointing. Oh, no, yeah. All right, so I would say that my life lesson is directed mostly towards Lamar and Andrea, uh, but also uh, it also applies to Quaylen and Chevelle. So the answer when things get rocky isn't to buy expensive gifts, you know, that's trying to butter them up, but it's not really solving any problems. Yeah, true. And it, and it almost like... Just all you're doing, it's just kicking the can down the road is all you're doing. Oh, yeah. You're just absolutely. kicking the can down the road and you spent a lot of money to do it. So. <laughs> yep. True. To make you happy right now when who knows if it's going to work right, out. Right. Even for like a week. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm excited about next week. The preview looks pretty good. Looks like things are happening. Things are happening. Wait, what was happening? I, I forget what the preview had. Uh, Christiana oh, finds Christiana out finds about out. Right, right, right. John. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we finally see if what's really Michael's really up to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It should be good. Should be good. So we'll be here. We'll yep. be here for it next week. Yep. Sounds All right, good. See everybody then. All right. Okay. Okay. Right, bye. bye.